we doing? Week six in the novels. We've got L.A. We've got Dallas tonight, but we've got the other 15, 14, 13. I forget how many bye week teams there were. Game's already done for. So let's talk about them. We're going to go through every single game as we do every single Monday. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Make sure you got the notification button hit down below. Thus for, therefore, whomstiv, you don't miss these. Oh, this was a very, very bad week for scoring. There was a tweet I saw today from a friend of mine, Russell Clay. He tweeted out, here's how many scored. Here are many... Eight <clears throat> We're going to get through this, I promise. Here's how many teams scored more than 26 points by week. Week 1, it was 7. Week 2, it was 14. Week 3, it was 10. Week 4, it was 12. So we're talking about 7, 14, 10, 12. Week 5 was 8. So everyone's between 7 and 14. This week, 2. Two teams scored above 26 points. We're also looking at a, a season in general. I think I heard this on the Athletic Podcast today in which red zone scoring is the second lowest in terms of efficiency and rate that it's been since 2012, I want to say. Um, so, you know, I don't know what the fuck any of that means. I'm just here to say, if you played poorly this week, it's okay. It's one week out of the 17 weeks. Also... Also, while we're here, Underdog just put a Flash Special up on the site. Bang. Flash Special for everybody, not just first-time depositors. If you are on Underdog, they currently just put up a Justin Herbert .5 total yard line for tonight. You don't have to be a first-time depositor. You just have to have the app already. It is there for you. Go preload the app. Go load the app. Go open the app. It's there sitting double-cheeked up for you, okay? Look at Herbert's stupid smug face. You mother... F Go hit that. And if you are new, if it is your first time depositing on the platform on Underdog, Underdog Fantasy, link down below, first thing in the description, use promo code BDGE. BDGE is going to get you a 100% deposit match. So you're going to get a 100% deposit match plus a free square there for you. And if you're watching this afterwards, yes, this might expire at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time today. But don't worry. Anytime you use the code the first time you get onto the platform, they're going to hit you with a free square. All right. Let's talk some game. Let's talk some gameage. We'll start on Thursday night football. Just another atrocious outing from the Denver Broncos. Kansas City's offense continues to look a little bit suspect. The key take, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, condense this video up a little bit for you guys. Sometimes I just be yapping about shit that doesn't matter. Like Adam Troutman, I got nothing to say to you, Troutman. I got nothing to say to you. The only trout I acknowledge is what I'm eating for dinner tonight. Uh, we saw a return from Javante. We saw a little bit of a backfield split there. Really, Samaje got absolutely diced out of the conversation. As you could see, zero rushes for him. But Jill McLaughlin was still very, very much involved. Uh, got a few targets. Got seven carries to Javante's 10. But still a backfield for the most part that you're probably looking at is just kind of uh, desperate RB3s. I think there are six teams on by next week, so it's possible. Let's actually look at that real quick. Next week is a huge bye week. So if you had a bad week this week, you're probably going to have another bad week next week. 
Nope, that's this week. Week seven, we have the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Texans. And somehow I feel like there are fewer players that matter this week on the bye than last week, despite being three times as many bye weeks. From the Bengals, obviously, you got Burrow, you've got Chase, yeah, you've got a little bit of mix in, mixed in. The Cowboys are obviously a couple good players on there. You got Dak, you got Tony P, you got Jake Ferguson. If you've been getting weird, maybe Gallup or Cooks. Titans is just Derrick Henry and D-Hop at this point. The Jets is Garrett Wilson and Breezy Hall. The Panthers, we have Thielen. The Texans, eh, maybe Chuba, maybe Miles, depending on who's playing. The Texans is, um, I mean, we'll get into this, but maybe not Damian Pierce anymore. CJ Stroud's playing well, but Nico, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, you know, all the above. So we've got some players, some good players, mostly mediocre players for the most part, outside of a couple top dogs. So just keep that in mind for next week as you are dropping fab, as you are listening to this recap. Uh, again, yeah, not much to take away from Thursday Night Football. I just, I don't, I don't think there are many playable options on this roster. I think they have to eventually start to make some moves at the trade deadline. Trade deadline, I think, is two weeks away. So Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, like, you got to get one of these guys the fuck out of there. You just have to do it. Pick up some draft cap, man. Take a third for Judy at this point. He plays like a fifth rounder, so take a third. Cut your losses. Convince some other team that he's actually good when he's not. Kansas City, um, two takeaways here. Pacheco's completely taken over the backfield, so if you have so if you have him, feel good about that. In terms of the receivers, we're starting to see a Rashi Rice breakout. You know, this is something I've kind of trying to been trickle onto your radar over the last couple weeks, but we're starting to see it really come to fruition. Uh, Justin Watson fucked up his elbow, so he's going to be out for uh, a while. Which opens up, you know, targets and maybe a little bit more condensed condensity. Is condensity a word? Like condensedness, condense, con, condensity. We're gonna use that word. That's a hundred percent a word. Condensity. That's what we're gonna get at the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver group. Obviously, Kelsey's the goat, uh, but I do think Rice is without a doubt the receiver to own over the second half of the year. He continues to make big plays, so he'll continue to get more and more play time there. Ravens and Titans, uh, the backfield is a mess. The receiving group is a mess outside of Andrews and Zay Flowers. Nothing really else to take away. They're they're kind of they're so messy in the red zone, bro. Like Todd Munkin, the savior, the goat. He hasn't done fucking shit this year. They win, but it's sloppy every single time. On the flip side, Tannehill, uh, I believe he has a high ankle sprain. I believe he did something serious. He got carted off. Tannehill's probably going to miss extended time. Malik Willis came in. Got sacked like four times on nine dropbacks. They play the Falcons next week. We have a pretty high pressure rate. That's going to be the defensive stream of the week, no doubt about it. Malik Willis plays. I mean, listen, he gets it done on the ground. He's pretty good running the ball. But I don't know, dude. Malik Willis will probably be ranked in that like QB. I mean, six teams on by. So you're talking about only 26 possible QBs starting. I mean, he's still, even with that, he's probably in like the 20 to 24 range. Malik Willis, is he's just not a not a great thrower of the football. I'd imagine there's going to be turnovers, all that messy shit. But that also help, just hurts the rest of the team. Derrick Henry's starting to get going a little bit. I'd imagine he's going to get 25 carries next week, regardless of what the game script is. Tajay Spears continues to make splash plays, but really unreliable. Like, you're never going to be able to predict when he's going to have big games. Hopkins, I felt like, was a pretty easy call to fall off here. Um, he had, like, one big game last week against the atrocious Colts secondary, um, and now he's back down to where he probably will be for the rest of the year. Just shit. So it's Derrick Henry or nobody. Commanders, Falcons, this was just a tr- 
this is something has to change here. We can't keep just giving away games. We just give away games and we're okay with it. We're like, let's try the same formula again. Let's see if what we did last week was just a fluke, but it's already happened three times, but it might just be a fluke. It's not a fucking fluke. Desmond Ritter cannot see the field. He actually looks like kind of good at times, you know? And I'm like, I start to convince myself and I'm like, Nick, slap, snap out of it. It's only the second quarter. You know what's going to happen when the fourth quarter hits. When those fingers go up, you know what's going to happen. And it fucking happened. Uh, Howell, three touchdown passes, 151 yards. So nothing great. Really no one to uh, rely on in the passing game outside of Terry. Curtis Samuels actually got into the end zone a few times in a row. At this point, Jahan Dawson, yeah, uh, I, I guess I guess you have to say he's droppable. He has done absolutely nothing in terms of droppable. He got one deep target. That should have been a nice big play, and he dropped it. So he's unusable at this point. And Curtis Samuel looks a lot more usable than Jahan Dotson is. Curtis Samuel's being used on the ground. He's being used through the air. He's getting into the end zone. He's like kind of a nice little wide receiver three, especially around these bye weeks. Uh, Brian Robinson got in through a nice little touchdown pass. One me deal or no deal. Thank you, God. But he's uh, he's definitely still startable. He's like a rock-solid RB2, in my opinion. On the flip side, I mean, the backfield split up pretty pretty evenly here. Algier's getting a lot of run as not unexpected. Um, I, it, I think a lot of it just has to do with, like, the flow of the game and where they are on the field. Like, he clearly doesn't want to just bang B. John Robinson up the middle against uh against you know the stout defense like when teams get into goal line defense he doesn't want to use Bijan to do that he wants to get him more in space I I really I'm gonna be honest with you I I do not I for all the Falcons faults this year for all the bullshit we have going on all the time let's not target Pitts let's not target London let's have Desmond Ritter be our quarterback for the entire season the Bijan usage I'll be honest with you I have no problem with it I really really don't have a problem with it. What is like four extra carries going to do for us, right? Bijan has 17 carries instead of 13, averaging 2.8 yards per carry in this one. Caught five balls. He's got eight fucking targets. Like, what more do you want? He's getting five to eight targets a game. He's catching five to six passes a game. Like, I think they're using him kind of perfectly. The offense just hasn't been that good. That's that's the ultimate problem. We haven't used him on the goal line, which is obviously disappointing for fantasy. But overall, like, I... Realistically, as a Falcons fan and watching football, I know a lot of you guys that play fantasy football have a hard time actually watching football. I've got no problem with the way that we're using Bijan. Got no problem with it. We just can't fucking close games because Desmond Ritter keeps giving the ball to the other team. Someone should tell him that we're not supposed to do that. We'd be a lot better. We'd be a lot better. We might be 5-1 and one if we didn't do that. Drake London has now been red hot. Uh, he is starting to help us gain a little bit of confidence. Then again, though, the commander's defense is atrocious the Falcons play the Bucks who are beatable the Titans the Vikings the Cardinals we have you know a nice slate of games coming up the Bucks are not an easy pasty but Titans Vikings Cardinals those are fantastic matchups for us so we're firing up London I I don't know what to tell you with fucking Kyle Pitts I really don't do I trust him no can you put him in your lineup I guess I have a league where I've like been forced to put him into my lineup the last couple weeks and it's paid off but not because I'm smart Probably because I'm dumb for drafting him. It was a dynasty league. I drafted him like three years ago, but you know, it'll water it up. Um, Pitts will probably, I mean, he'll probably be a top 10 guy ranked. I think you have to again because of bye weeks, but like 
when he ends up going fucking three for 22 next week, will you will you be surprised? Ask yourself this. After you ask yourself if you know where your children are, are you going to ask yourself if you're surprised when Kyle Pitts goes two for 23 next week? Me? No. I know where my fucking children are, and I know who Kyle Pitts is. And it ain't this shit. It ain't this shit. Lock it up, Smith. Lock it up, Arthur. All right, Vikings, Bears, what do we got going on here? Uh, Just an abysmal performance from the Vikings who actually somehow pull off a win. Their first Justin Jefferson-less game. Not good by anybody, but they got it done, so it is what it is. Addison, five targets. KJ Osborne, five targets. Hawkinson, eight targets. No one more than 50 yards receiving. So just a disappointing game all around when you look at the other side of things. Justin Fields dislocates his thumb on his throwing hand. I'm not sure if we have an update on uh, on like how long he'll be out for, but apparently it's it's relatively serious. That would make sense. You fuck up your finger on your throwing hand as a quarterback. You need that. You need that. No surgery is imminent for quarterback Justin Fields. Sources say the hope is for rehab to improve grip strength and for him to get back on the field when he can. Surgery would mean out indefinitely. Bears quarterback Justin Fields' dislocated thumb is expected to keep him out in the words of a source for however long it takes for swelling and stiffness to reside and strength to come back so he can grip a ball, which means Tyson Bagent, Bagente, whatever the fuck you want to say, is going to be their quarterback, and that means that not a single player on this team is startable. It's just not happening. I don't even know who this guy is. College. What? What the fuck is Shepard? Brother, this can't be real. This is not their kicker? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way. Oh, man, the Bears. Bears faithful is in for a... I wonder if they sign a veteran. I wonder if they sign someone off the street. They play the Raiders, Chargers. That's unfortunate because we had some good matchups for fields. Chargers, Saints, Panthers. Yeah, um... Even DJ Moore probably drops down to being like a low-end wide receiver three, if that. I don't even know if I trust him. But, I mean, he's getting such a high target share that I guess I guess you, you could do worse. But, like, no running back is getting in my lineup. And no other pass catcher. We're talking about fields. I mean, it's ugly out there, man. I hope he doesn't miss extended time. I hope he gets a rip at the end of the season where he gets like the last six or eight games so he can prove whether or not he should be there next year. But it's not looking good. It is not looking good for Justine. What are y'all doing with Fields and Dynasty right now? Thoughts? Hang. All right, Seahawks, Bengals. Uh, Geno continues to look very mediocre. Kenneth Walker continues to look very elite for the most part. He's so involved. He's a high-end RB1. Zach Charbonnet ain't done shit there. Lockett and Metcalf trading games back and forth. That's kind of just like what they do at this point. But they can only go as high as the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Geno Smith, takes them. So over the next few weeks, Seattle gets the Cardinals. Great matchup. Browns, terrible matchup. Baltimore, Below average matchup. Washington, great. Rams, great. San Fran, terrible. Cowboys, terrible. 49ers, terrible. Eagles, eh. Uh, okay, so, like, 
I think I like their schedule. This is going to be tough. Niners, Cowboys, Niners. But Eagles, Titans, Steelers is a group of teams that you can exploit. So DK would be a buy-low candidate for me. Still 10 targets, 4 for 69. His big games are still coming. Like I have no worries about him. Tyler Lockett, 6 for 94. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 4 for 48. Congrats. Big fucking career game there. Huge career game. The GOAT. Remember when he was better than Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? That was fun. That was a fun time during the offseason. Um, they did run a lot more three wide receiver sets in this one. Unfortunately, some of those involve Jake Bobo, who they really like, who's a beast, and he's a really good blocker. So I think they're going to use him in areas where, like the red zone, where they run the ball a lot. Uh, Bobo's very involved. So JSN, I just, it's kind of useless right now. It is a post, post buy, right? Post buy. But for JSN, he's just not using valuable spots, and Lockett and Metcalf are simply too good. They're simply too good. Maybe next year, maybe if we see one of them start to dip off towards the end of the year, but I, I just don't see it happening right now. So it feels like that was kind of a luxury pick for them in the draft, which I, I don't think they'll regret in a year or two, but right now it's not really helping them in any fucking capacity. On the flip side, Burrow was all right. He seems not to really be able to throw the ball downfield much. Chase had a big day. Uh, T. Higgins clearly still banged up from the rib injury. Four targets, two catches, 20 yards. It's been such a bust this year. Boyd filled in relatively nicely for uh, T. Higgins. I think as the weeks go by, though, we'll see a healthier and healthier Cincinnati offense, which uh, they have a bye this upcoming week. So I expect them to be close to full strength when they come back from the bye and they play the 49ers and then the Bills, which is a really couple really good games. Uh, they got a tough schedule. Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags. But it lightens up a little bit, I guess, towards the end. Yeah, Colts, Vikings, Steelers can definitely be thrown on. The Chiefs will be a good game. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, I, I mean, after the bye, I guess I, you're starting T Higgins as, as like a, as a wide receiver three, probably low end wide receiver two is Joe Mixon continues to do absolutely fucking nothing, but you know, that's just kind of how the running backs have been this year. Any injuries in this game? I don't think so. Forty ers and the Browns. This was this was fucking unbelievable. This game. Um, I took the over of thirty five and a half in this one, and San Fran scored right away. And I was like, "Oh, they're gonna destroy this over. They're gonna run through this fucking over. This is the easiest fucking bet of all time." And then they miss a field goal, and then they miss another field goal, and I'm like, "What is happening right now? Where they're so going under? They're scoring seven points this entire fucking game." Luckily, they squeaked out a, a score at the end there to put it over for me. But holy shit, 35 and a half. I don't know if I've ever seen a non-preseason game with that low of an over-under. Obviously, it was shitty weather. Cleveland was playing with a backup QB. They have two elite defenses on the field at the same time. I understand why it was set at that. But at the same time, fucking get out of here. C-Mac went down with an oblique injury. Apparently, it's not very serious. Um, at most, he'll miss one possibly two weeks, but I think it's more of like a pain tolerance thing at this point. I think there's a chance that he suits up and plays. Let's see who they play next week. Mm, you really want him on the field for the Vikings game. 8.15 p.m. Does that mean it is a Monday? Oh, that is a Monday night game, so he does have an extra day of rest, which could be good, which could be good or bad. 
Um, but w- what we did see was Jordan Mason play the backup role. He played over Elijah Mitchell. Now, I'm not willing to go as far as saying Jordan Mason is the clear handcuff because Elijah Mitchell's played really, really well under Shanahan. He's played really, really well in a 49ers uniform. This could be one of those things where it's like a, a hot hand committee, you know, and it wouldn't be surprising if Elijah Mitchell played over Jordan Mason next week. But that's all if Christian McCaffrey misses it. If Christian McCaffrey is ruled out early in the week, then, yeah, we are obviously attacking Jordan Mason. Uh, he will be anyone that's the running back there for the Niners is going to be a high-end option um, at that position in fantasy, of course. Debo Samuel also got hurt. He, uh, What did he do again? Let me, uh... I forgot what it was. Was it a shoulder? Yeah, I think it was an AC sprain or something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Debo comments suggest mild AC sprain average equals two week return MRI pending week seven to be determined might play with stats dip uh, Christian McCaffrey's you can see there as well average oblique one to two week return low performance impact severity varies but rare to cause big absence all right so you have you have two injuries to two of their best players obviously um, and again they play Monday night so we'll just have to kind of keep an eye out for what their statuses are I don't think I don't know We've we've seen we've seen receivers deal with like AC sprain shoulder uh, injuries before, and a lot of the times I feel like it kind of lingers for a minute, and, and they have trouble like, you know. Luckily, Debo is not really like a downfield like get up and get it type of guy like a Mike Williams or T Higgins, so I don't see the shoulder being a huge impact. He's more of like all you got to do is fucking raise your hands up to your tits, and you'll be able to catch those screen passes. So hopefully it's a limited time missed by him. Uh, Ayuk's going to see a big upgrade. Kittle, are we worried about him? I mean, he's been pretty fucking bad all year. I will say this was one of the calls I had going into this week. I had a feeling that because the Browns' defense is so fucking elite and they have to worry about dudes like Miles Garrett and George Kittle is such a good blocker that there was a high chance that he was just playing a lot in line to block against Miles Garrett and use a double um, a double tackle kind of setup in order to you know chip Miles Garrett before going out for a route, if even going out for a route at all so this wasn't really a surprising one plus like Purdy only threw for 125 yards Ayuk seeing 10 targets out of 27 Ayuk's going to be if D-ball misses time Ayuk he's already performing like a wide receiver one but he's he's probably gonna be a top five fantasy wide receiver for as long as Debo is out he's been so fucking good this year he is he is he's the goat um if Debo misses time is there another receiver I'm looking at nah Juwan Jennings will get a lot of exercise but he's, he's not really gonna do shit there Cleveland, P.J. Walker, I mean, he played all right, I guess. Squeaked out the win, so shout out to him. Uh, Jerome Ford, 17 for 84. Kareem Hunt, 12 for 47. Any touchdown. Kareem Hunt also saw three targets. The backfield split was very was very much that. It was split. Right? Like Jerome Ford did go 17 for 84, so that's good to see against San Francisco uh, 49ers defense. But it was very much split. Felt like right in half. Let me... um. Let me pull the utilization charts up here. Let's get a let's get a real read on on exactly how much these snaps were split. So in week six, Jerome Ford had fifty one percent of the snaps and Kareem Hunt at thirty seven. That don't make no sense unless they just went zero running back splits. That's fine. Maybe they did that. Um, but yeah, Jerome Ford took more than Kareem Hunt when we look at uh, short down and distance. Kareem Hunt had 75% of those snaps. Long down the distance, he had 17. So long down distance, like in the passing in the passing drills, it still seems like it's Jerome Ford's job, and he still seems like they want him to be the guy, and that's obviously a really tough, ma- tough matchup against the Niners. But maybe when Deshaun Watstein is back and they have better matchups, they'll both be playable. 
Ford is still a guy I'm very, very comfortable playing in my like RB2 slot. Kareem Hunt feels like he might be working his way back into shape and, and might be a dude that could be um, you know, a, a flex play during these bye weeks. Panthers, Dolphins, uh, Chuba filled in fantastically for Miles Sanders. We'll see if Miles Sanders misses more time. If he does, Chuba is going to be someone that you could feel relatively confident in. Obviously, against the Dolphins, it's not a tough matchup to go against, but they fed the man. Fed the man like he hadn't eaten in a couple days, and, and then he ate. And then he filled up his stomach. Adam Thielen continues to be a fucking wide receiver one. I'll just hold that L. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see it coming. I thought he was going to break down by like week six. Turns out by week six, he's the GOAT. Adam Thielen has resurrected his life and his career. Uh, you, you continue starting Adam Thielen every single week. On the flip side, Tua, you start every week. Raheem Mostert is the fucking literally the GOAT. Uh, Terry Kill goaded, Jalen Waddle goaded. Those three, those four, you just get them in your lineup every week. You don't. You'll hear podcasts being like, "Oh, play this guy or play this guy." Chris Brooks, Salvin Ahmed. Don't fucking play those guys. Don't fucking play those guys. You play Raheem Mostert. You play Devon Chain when he comes back. We'll see what happens with Jeff Wilson if he's back next week. I still like. I, I don't know. Jeff Wilson. I still feel so sketchy about the entire situation. The vibes there are weird. I talked about that at nauseum throughout the last couple weeks. Still not back yet. I think even if he is active next week, what is he going to get? Fucking five carries tops? I don't know. Raheem Moster is just, he's played so well. He has played so well up to this point. You just, you can't take that away. So um, you just continue to dominate with these dudes. Colts, Jags, Minshew. Uh, he, I don't know what he was doing, bro. I really don't know what he was doing out there. Um Jacksonville's defense, though, has played really fucking well, man. Another three sacks, three interceptions. Jacksonville's defense is is pretty much winning them games at this point. Trevor's playing fine. He's playing okay. But Tra- Travis Etienne and that defense, is as they have been like the reason that Jacksonville is going on a little bit of a tear right now. No doubt about it. The running back split, that's really what everybody's here for. Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor. We saw more of a 50-50 split, finally. Neither of them got anything going on the ground. Zach Moss did get the touchdown. Uh, but JT caught five of six targets. We're starting to see him get a little bit more involved. And I think this is what we were talking about, right? Like it went from 80% of the snaps for Zach Moss. Now it's like at 50-50. And I still, listen, I still think, um, right, 80% down to 49%. Jonathan Taylor, 43%. I, I, we're not, we're not going to see it flip to 80% for Jonathan Taylor. I still think next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Might be like 60% JT and 40% Zach Moss. And then maybe the next week, 70 or something like that. Like, can we start Jonathan Taylor now? They play the Browns next week. That's not, you know, that's not a matchup I'm excited to get guys out there and play against. The, the Browns defense is unfucking believable. So do I think JT will have success on the ground? Unlikely, but they have been using him like a fuck ton uh, through the air. You can just see this is happening every single week now. Taylor and Moss combined for 13 targets. This is starting to become a pattern with the Colts offense right now and Gardner Minshew. So this is where the fantasy points are going to come from if they come from anywhere. 
it is going to be the receiving of the running backs here. So JT maybe gets a little bit more involved. My concern is that, like, okay, now next week JT has 11 carries and Zach Moss has six. And what is he really going to do on 11 carries? I don't know. Maybe he breaks a big play, but he's not been successful whatsoever. And it's against the Browns defense, so it's like, Maybe he goes 11 for 40, right? But then he's got to have this type of game again in the receiving game. So, again, I, JT just continues to feel like a dude that, like, I want to see him do it first before I'm, like, super excited about getting in, him into my lineup. Um, So, he'll, again, probably be, like, a low-end RB2. I think Zach Moss is starting to starting to fade off the radar of being startable now. Um, and he's more in that, like, okay, sit-start decision dilemma time in desperate situations. I think that's what we'll see him kind of transform into on the flip side we've got t law we've got etn continuing to fucking eat he's got to be a top five fantasy running back right now i think let me look up these numbers yeah hey make sure if you're in here chilling you hit the thumbs up button all right we got 740 people in here we got 71 thumbs up grow up grow up you're Right now in half PPR, C-Mac is the RB1, Reem Mostert is the RB2, Kyron Williams is the RB3, Travis Etienne, RB4. Devon A-Chain is the RB5, but he's the RB1 in points per game. No, actually, well, technically Austin Eckler is averaging 0.1 points more per game, but he's only played in one game, so we ain't going to qualify his ass. Zach Moss, also number five in points per game, but has played one fewer game than Kyron Williams, so he... Drops down a little bit. That being said, Travis Etienne, very good at football. Receiving game. Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. The splits are getting a little splitty. The splits are getting splitty. We're starting to see the spread eagle happening here a little bit. Uh, Kirk continues to eat. Calvin Ridley continues to be really, really inconsistent. I think at the end of the year, he'll probably have top 15, 16, 17 fantasy numbers. And every time he has a big week, we're going to be like, yep, Ridley's the guy. He's the top eight fantasy asset or whatever. And then he's going to have dud weeks, man. It's unfortunate, but I think it's real. Um, so I think we look at Kirk as an every week wide receiver, too. I think we look I, I think we look at all these guys as every week wide receiver, too. When Zay Jones is back, he's wide receiver three. Uh, I really want him fucking back on the field, man. I was such a fan of him coming into the year. Played really well in the beginning and then just keeps getting hurt. So that's unfortunate. And these guys are inconsistent while Zay Jones is not on the field. So that further makes me a little bit nervous. But Evan Ingram's been really consistent. I know not huge numbers for the most part, but 7 for 41, you'll take the shit out of that in your tight end spot. Saints, Texans, uh, Kamara continues to fucking eat. Another, what do you have? 26 touches. I think he had 25 last week. So again, if you grab Kamara late. Like, the upside games aren't necessarily there right now, but if you're in PPR league, then he's probably eating for you a little bit. Um, continue to roll him out, of course. Michael Thomas continues to be super mid, 5 for 50 every single game. Alave, bike. Uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways here might be Taysom Hill's usage here with uh, um, Jawan Johnson out. Jawan Johnson missed this game. Taysom Hill, eight targets, two carries, or one carry, sorry. And a throw. What is he doing getting eight targets? 
got a lot of fucking targets, man. He's extremely startable in the tight end spot if Jawan Johnson misses another game. That's too much. It's too much. You want to know why you lose? Because Rashid Shaheed has two catches and Taysom Hill has seven. That's wild. Houston. Stroud threw his first pick. Devin Singletary played more snaps than Damian Pierce. Not great. Let's look at the snap counts. Week six, 35% for Pierce, 52% for Devin Singletary. Rush attempts, routes, Devin Singletary, 50% of the routes compared to 23% for Damian Pierce. No one was really targeted. Short down and distance was still Pierce's job. Long down and distance turned into Singletary's. They clearly don't want to use Damian Pierce on the passing downs. That's not good. It was a good game script for them, too. They were winning most of the game. Pierce just, he continues not to get it done on the ground, man. And I don't know. We could say, like, hey, the offensive line is banged up, but C.J. Stroud continues to get it done. Devin Singletary played much better in this game than Pierce did, so I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, I'm i going to have trouble putting Pierce into my lineups next week. They play the Panthers, so it's a great matchup. Maybe he gets back on track. That could be a nice game script game for him. So I guess I would look at him as a flex play. Oh, wait, or, or are they on? I think they're one of the teams on the bye next week, actually. So that would be when they come back from the bye. But who knows? Maybe they make changes after the bye. Maybe they get some old linemen back after the bye, too. All right? We'll play Pierce against the Panthers. We'll give him one more try. We'll give him one more try. Tank Dell will be back, which is sexy. But I'd fire up Stroud, Pierce, Collins, Schultz, Tank against the Panthers on their way back from by. Pats, Raiders, good Lord. I don't know what to say about the Pats. I'm not saying anything about the Pats. There's, there's literally no takeaway from the Pats. Nothing. The Raiders, Jimmy G died, broke his back, went to the hospital, needed a backyotomy. Brian Hoyer came in. I think Jimmy G's probably going to miss at least one game, if not extended time. Do we see a O'Connell again? Maybe. Maybe they saw enough from him last time. I think a lot of the times, like uh, in this situation, you have Brian Hoyer active because he's probably better suited to come in in the middle of a game rather than a rookie like Aiden O'Connell. But like last time when you have the entire week to prepare, then they, they might feel more comfortable letting Aiden O'Connell rip. So we'll have to see what happens in the interim. But I would imagine that Brian Hoyer just led the team to a win. They're 3-3 three and three now. They're not out of any sort of race. Um Brian Hoyer most likely gets a start next week. They probably feel most comfortable with him using the same formula. Let Hoyer come in there. Don't fuck up. Let Josh Jacobs have 28 fucking touches and see if we could sneak away with the win because Max Crosby is so fucking good. Receiving Jacoby the GOAT. Devontae's still definitely dealing with uh, some injury stuff, man. I This is this was just it. This was one of my concerns going into the year. That's why I didn't want Devontae at the end of the first. It's, he was like one of our fades, one of our strong fades this year. Phenomenal player. And the analysis was kind of spot on. It was like he'll have his huge days of 10 for 150 and 2, but he'll have a lot of really bad floor days because Jimmy G in this offense just doesn't pass for a lot of yards. But Jacoby Jacoby is like borderline. Where is he at right now ranking-wise? I got to check this shit out. Oh, I also forgot that Trevor Lawrence got hurt too with with like a a minor knee sprain. Apparently he's day-to-day, but obviously something to keep an eye on. Jacoby Myers is the wide receiver 13 in half PPR. 
Oh, they have not uploaded his. Oh, yeah, they did. He's only played five games, too. In points per game, Jacoby Myers, wow. In points per game, am I tripping right now? Oh, yeah, I am. Never mind. Okay, he's wide receiver 13. He's been so good. There are there are just not a lot of players I feel more confident in starting in my lineup every single week than Jacoby Myers. He's basically doing what he did with New England, but scoring touchdowns. Those like seven for 70 games every single week that he used to have, he's now doing them, but scoring touchdowns as well. Jacoby's awesome, bro. If anyone's trying to buy, like sell him high or sell him low or some shit, I don't know. If anyone's trying to sell him in the league because they believe he's going to fall off, he is like the perfect fit for this offense. Michael Mayer's also seen uh, an increase in snap rate and Rouse run basically every single week this year, and now we kind of saw the breakout. So I imagine Mayer's going to be on the on the top of a lot of uh, waiver wire lists this week. Our waiver wire rankings will go live at noon tomorrow. So if you are not a member, you can go sign up on bdge.co. bdge.co will have our weekly rankings, our waiver wire rankings, our Q and Assault, which is a private live stream just like this every Saturday where I'm answering all your questions. So you can become a big dog member right here. bdge.co, waiver wire rankings, which will show you uh, fab suggestions on every single player, where I have them ranked positionally, where I have them ranked overall in terms of just like flex plays, whether or not I'd use the number one waiver wire on all these players. They go live tomorrow noon. Make sure you're signed up as a big dog member. I'll see you there, or I'm going to kill you. What else? What else? What else? That's it. Cardinals, Rams. Cardinals now sitting at one and five, zero and three on the road. Uh, the backfield turned out to be a fucking mess. A lot of people were very excited about Amari Di Mercado. Kind of myself included. I don't think I went like overboard with it, but if I told people to start him. Sorry, not 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 great. Not great process there. It was just a complete sl- split between Ingram, Damian Williams, Amari DeMarcado, uh, Rondell Moore. You obviously don't want to start anybody in that backfield until James Conner returns. Michael Wilson, sneaky, sneaky, led the Cardinals in receiving yards again. Marquise Brown continues to get targeted at just an insane fucking rate. 11 targets, dude. 11 targets. Um, we might be seeing a little bit of like the same uh, Michael Mayer to Austin Hooper vibe that we saw in Vegas Trey McBride to Zach Ertz let's check the routes check the rowdies Zach Ertz look at the routes run just 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 dipped just dipped Trey McBride's routes up price of the brick the price of the brick is going up is it sustainable I don't know but it's something to keep an eye on for now Something to keep an eye on for now. Do not forget Trey McBride's second-round pick was the first tight end picked in the draft class two years ago. The first tight end. and hasn't done shit since. But let's see. Maybe they're passing the torch on. Stafford, uh, I just can't say enough good things about this fucking offense, man. They got the win again, 26-9. Couldn't run the ball at all in the first half. Kyron Williams, almost all of his damage in the second half. 20 for 158 and a touchdown again. I've been yapping about this for weeks now. If anyone ever tries to sell high or sell low on Kyron Williams, you you do that every time. He is so real. He is so fucking for real this fantasy season, man. He's so real. He's going to struggle against really really tough run defenses obviously, but like when that's not it when it, when when they have matchups like this, he's going to eat. Uh Cup 8 obviously, Puka down game statistically but still saw 7 targets. Like they saw 16 of a combined 24 targets. That is two-thirds 
right? Eight, eight. Yep, that is two thirds, sixty six percent. Coming off of, I think last week they had like seventy five percent of the targets combined. Look at this list. Look at the two lists here. Arizona receiving one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. L.A. one, two, three, four, five. I'm not frozen, no. I just need y'all to realize what I just did. Uh, Puka dropped a touchdown pass that's kind of uncharacteristic for him. He would have had a much bigger day. Not worried about Puka at all. He is still so fucking involved in this offense. He'll have a bounce-back game next week. Eagles and the Jets. Something about the Eagles, man. Something about the Eagles, man. Uh, Also, like, the Jets just hold every quarterback to pretty shitty games, so I won't chalk it up to anything too serious. I'll say, though, like, I, I still, um, oh, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. We just had a fantasy life update about Kyron Williams because he did tweak his ankle. While Kyron Williams' MRI revealed just an ankle sprain that may knock him out this week, the news was not positive, was not as positive for Ronnie Rivers. Sources say he has a grade three PCL sprain and is out four to five weeks. Likely means they are, okay. I thought that was for Kyron Williams, thank God. So just an ankle sprain, he might be out this week. I don't even know who the... Who would that be? Zach Evans, I guess. He came into the game for a second. It was Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers, and then Zach Evans would be the next guy. So if Kyron Williams misses this game, this next game, my super excited about fucking um, Zach Evans? No. He was one of Noah's guys this offseason. Does he catch passes? Not really. No. Oh, he had four. There you go. He had four carries, 10 yards, didn't catch a pass, didn't get targeted or anything. But the Rams do play. Who do they play? It plays Steelers. The Steelers can definitely be run on. The Steelers can definitely be a defense that you produce against. So um, if both those guys are out and Zach Evans is like the only fucking player in that backfield, then I guess you kind of have to – he's probably a top 25 option given that there's six teams on by. That math like barely even (laughs) adds up. He's basically the worst starting running back in the NFL at that point. Uh, But you could do worse. He's got good straight line speed, so if they give him a couple holes, he will be able to break through. Um, but Kyron Williams, he might not be out, so just we'll just leave it at that. Uh, what what team? We definitely just X'd out of a team. Oh, Eagles-Jets. Eagles-Jets. Yeah, so A.J. Brown, another huge game. I believe it was his fourth consecutive 125-yard receiving game, which is the franchise record. DeAndre Swift had a shitty game. I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. Again, the Jets' defense is really, really good. Uh, yeah, but something about the Eagles' offense just feels uh, off, a little janky. And... I've felt this way for a while, and I think if they play the 49ers, they're going to get annihilated. I don't know if I believe that, but, like, I do believe that. I I think um, if I had to do power rankings, despite coming off the loss to Cleveland, I still think the 49ers are are by far and away the best team in the NFL. And I think this team right here, the Detroit Lions, is really close to them. Uh, The Jets also, Zach Wilson played all right. Uh, Brees Hall. Ended up getting into an end, into the end zone because they gave him that free touchdown at the end of the game. He's now been, I think, a top five running back for back-to-back weeks and should continue to grace your lineup with a ton of fucking fantasy points. Garrett Wilson, I think, also tweaked his ankle. So it's something to keep an eye on, but Garrett Wilson's been kind of inconsistent. I don't think that'll be like a huge hit to your fantasy team if he misses a week. Regardless, Detroit and Tampa, if David Montgomery misses multiple weeks, that will be a large hit to your fantasy team. David Montgomery uh, tweaked. His, was it a fucking hip injury? Hold on.
Uh, oh, the ribs. Lions buys in week nine. Next week is week seven. Just guessing, but preparing not to see David Montgomery until week 10. Would note Lions have favorable post-buy schedule. Okay. So he's got the rib injury. That's what it is. And uh, I believe it is a multi-week injury. Doesn't mean he needs to miss multiple weeks, but in order for it to heal, it is a pain tolerance injury, which he is dealing with a few different pain tolerance injuries at this point. He'll probably be resting for a couple weeks. And again, his buy is in week nine, which is unfortunate because he's been so fucking good for fantasy. Jameer Gibbs, we don't know if he's going to be back this week. He's been out with a hamstring injury. So if Gibbs and uh, Montgomery are both out, you have the guys behind him, Craig Reynolds and Devino Zigbo. Uh, Craig Reynolds is the early down guy. Uh, it seems like he's catching some passes too. It would be a committee here. Craig Reynolds would definitely be the guy that I want. They've shown that they liked him. Even dating back to last year, Craig Reynolds was a dude that they used like way too heavily, I feel like. Um, so Reynolds will be one of the dudes to target on the waiver wire. Hopefully Gibbs is back. If Gibbs is back and you got him, you're obviously firing him up. Hopefully we see something a little bit different. But I even I think just based on the way the lines are playing right now, if David Montgomery misses time, which I expect him to, they play the Ravens, which is a tough matchup. Raiders, Chargers, Bears, a great fucking just lick of games right there. I think Craig Reynolds could probably be using your flex spot uh, during these crazy bye weeks, even if Gibbs is playing. Jameson Williams caught a touchdown pass. Uh, three targets, two for 53. Obviously, one of those was the long touchdown pass. That's what they brought him in to do. So are we starting him? No, not yet. But maybe they continue to take more and more shots downfield to him. We'll see. We'll see. Tampa Bay got trounced. This was very similar. I think this was the score of the Falcons. Um, the Falcons and Lions game. Lions are just so for real, man. The Lions are just such a good fucking football team. And they just shut out the Bucks, who were hot. Baker had his first like real bad game of the year. We had Rashad White just continue to be really fucking mid. White's White's been usable in fantasy because he's gotten so much volume. But now that we're seeing the volume come down, his efficiency still be terrible. He's he's gonna. It's a very slippery slope for Rashad White. He proved last year he wasn't a very good runner, and that's kind of continuing the trend into this year. Obviously, the game script is terrible, but you'd hope as a really good pass catcher that maybe he gets a little bit more involved in the passing game. Did get four targets, but turned it into 12 yards. Godwin and Mike Evans saw the majority of the targets here, but didn't really amount to much. Just a bad game. The Detroit Lions defense is really, really fucking good. The Bucks play the Falcons next week, which we're, we're a pretty damn good defense. I wouldn't say we're not like a stay away defense, but we're good. Uh, the Bills are a very injury riddled defense, so... I'd be okay starting my guys against uh, against the Falcons if I have the Bucks. I probably White would be more of a desperate play for me because we do have a very good run defense. And then we move to the Giants and the Bills. Uh, what do I say? Wandell, good PPR play as usual until he goes four for forty next week and everyone hates him. Saquon first game back, twenty four fucking carries, twenty eight overall touches, almost hits a hundred yards. I don't know what else he was really supposed to do here though. With that fucking offensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no real takeaways from this game, to be honest with you. James Cook, 14 for 71, continues to be efficient, but not seeing any valuable touches. I'm still rolling him out pretty much every single week because he gives you a, a relatively nice floor. They're not using him in the fucking passing game at all, which is weird because in the beginning of the year, they had such a nice little, like, uh, like the they would use James Cook in these in the screen game like really creatively as an extension of the run game and then they just got away from that altogether and now it's just let's target Diggs 16 times and everybody else gets two targets 
it's it's I don't know. I guess it was just maybe this game. It got kind of weird. Um, but I, I still like James Cook. He obviously loved Diggs. I don't know if there's anyone else really too playable. I, I would continue rolling out Gabe Davis. He had a really bad game this game, obviously, but he had four straight games of touchdowns. And I think he's been relatively underrated player this year. So Davis is the dude that I'm I'm fine uh, continuing to throw in my lineup. Same with James Cook, even though I know a lot of people are off him at this point. Splitting a lot of work, not getting the goal line carries. I still think he's the best offensive playmaker they have right now outside of Diggs, most likely. So, I don't know, dude. What else we got? Got Taco Bell, tests new cheesy street chalupas in Indianapolis. That's nice. Antonio Brown arrested over the weekend in Florida for failing to pay child support. Brother, what are we doing? How much money have you made? Giants continue to widen the gap between Wandell Hyatt at the expense of Paris Hodgins. That makes sense. Good. They're finally getting their playmakers involved. Hyatt and Wandell should be... Th this is probably the right grouping here. I liked Isaiah Hodgins a lot in the offseason. I wish he got a little bit more of a chance, but Slayton, Hyatt, and Wandell probably give them the best chance to, to make plays in the passing game. Like I already said, underdogs got that free square alert. It doesn't matter if you're new or not. It doesn't matter if it's your first time depositing. If, you're, if you've been on there for 10 years, if you're a fucking seasoned, salty Lowry's veteran, Justin Herbert Free Square is there literally in, for the next 10 minutes. You have until 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. What should we hit? Fuck it. I'll do it live with y'all right now. Fuck it. See? See? Herbie, 0.5. Now we got to pick someone from the Dallas side. All right, let's check it. Let's check it. So Herbert, they're getting Eckler back. They're without Mike Williams. Dallas D is, uh, they need a bounce back bad. Does Dallas bounce back? I think they do. I, I kind of almost right off the rip like the first square. We'll put that in there for a bookmark. Do they try to run and run and run and run against the Chargers? They have Kellen Moore. The Chargers have Kellen Moore. Going against Dallas. He knows their weaknesses. I don't know if that's a good thing. Tony Pollard's 16 and a half rushing attempts. Seems kind of high right now, no? What's his last? He had eight last week. He had 11 the week before that. 23 against Arizona. So, we ask ourselves, is the game script good enough for Dallas to give Tony Pollard 17 carries? Let's bookmark that one as well. Pollard, 0.5 rushing touchdowns. He has not been getting it done in the red zone. That feels like bait. That feels like bait. Are they expecting him to get in? I'm going to bookmark that shit also. Oh, you can only take one. Whatever. CD. Three and a half first downs? Hmm. This one I kind of like. I think I like three and a half first downs. He's had four receptions in three straight games. I have to assume one of them probably doesn't go for a first down. Man, he's been fucking wildly disappointing, huh? Cooks, Gallup. Gallup, 15 and a half yards after the catch. Does he move like that? He had 15 yards altogether last week. Does he move like that? 15 and a half yards after the catch? Brandon Cooks is only at six? Fergie. 
Fergie, ooh, Fergie's got a 2x on his touchdown marker. We ain't going to do that. Mm, I don't know what I like out of the Dallas side. When's the last time Dak threw for two touchdowns? Fucking two years ago? All right, you know what? I'm going to take Dak higher than 1.5 passing touchdowns. Because it is a promo, it's a boost. You can only put $10 on it to win 30 So this is a square we're going with right here. Herbie and Dak higher than 1.5 passing touchdowns. Chargers defense is terrible. All they do is get in shootouts. They badly need shootouts in Dallas. Let's see what's going on in the chat. In the Chattersteins. Yeah, that was all I needed to see. I didn't actually want to see what was going on in the chat except for what fucking Frankie just said. All right, I'm out of here. Um, I will see you tomorrow for the waiver wire video. And if you just want to go straight to the rankings again, bdge.co, bdge.co, you become a big dog member. Go to Underdog Fantasy. If it's your first time on there and you're depositing, use promo code BDG, and they'll hit you with a 100% deposit match. Turn the notifications on, and it'll let you know when I go live on YouTube every single Monday around 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. I love you. I'm out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.